Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Come gather around people wherever you roam And admit that the waters around you have grown And accept it that soon you'll be drenched to the bone If your time to you is worth saving Then you better start swimming or you'll sink like a stone For the times they are changing You call it a hole, scientists would call it a crater. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Married with Movies. I'm one of your hosts, Samantha Mullet. See next to me on the couch is your other host, my beautiful husband, Chris Mullet. I'm just cutting my one sentence to be there. <laughs> no one's going to know the other part of it. That's great. It could be about many of your holes. Uh, <laughs> that's not... I meant it like how people would take it. What we do here is we talk about... About my holes. Could be one of your two nominations. <laughs> it makes it easy. That's actually on my list. Great. Um, hi. <laughs> How are y'all? Y'all? When y'all. Do you, when do you say y'all? I say y'all all the time. I don't know. It felt like the right moment to say y'all. Yeah, but thinking, it sounds so we, weird when you say also it. Also because the only thing that's been on like television the past like, week has been like Rush Hour movies. So I'm just thinking that scene in Rush Hour. It's like, you know, y'all. Y'all. <laughs> like Jackie Chan just going, y'all. It's very Good funny. Good you all don't don't do the impression. What? That's what he does. Cheap that... suits. Stop doing every Asian impression from Rush Hour. I'm not. I just said cheap suits. That's the way you said it. I said cheap suits. No, but you said it like badly. You said, no, it, like, I didn't. You said it like that guy who probably still owns that store. It says cheap suits right now. I mean, how many cheap suits do you think that guy sells in that store? How many what? How many cheap suits? Cheap <laughs> Get out now before I read. We talk about movies, we talk about our lives, we can't speak properly. It's a podcast, so that's a problem. I'm going to spit this Coke all over you. Don't waste Coke, said Rick James. (laughs) And also that person. (laughs) Good call. Uh, I'm funny. (laughs) What are the noises coming out of you right now? This might be the rest of this show, is you trying to take a sip of soda. And then as I sip my soda, I'm sure somebody's spitting. I'm just going to quote Chappelle show the rest of the episode. Um, yeah, hey, y'all. I did it again. That's where we were. That's where we were. Uh, it is August 29th. We watched, oh, we watched this Wednesday. Sorry, the wrestling schedule has been messing me up. Oh, because, has it? Oh, yes, the oh, wrestling it has, schedule. So go fuck yourself oh, because yes. AW was last night, which oh. made me think it was Wednesday, but yesterday was Thursday because mm. today is Friday. So oh, that's okay. what's happening oh. to me. Because you don't have a calendar on your phone or a phone that shows you the date. It said, it said this was August 26th. Which is when we watched it. Correct. So I thought that was three days ago. Nope. Not two days ago. Two days ago. So I was wrong. Yes. Edit mullet. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Fuck you. I'm kidding. Uh, not much going on in this neck of the woods. Uh, just another... Week of work, a lot of a lot of work, drama, and a lot of personal things. Nothing bad now. Just you know, getting through the life. 
Um, I know on last week's episode, I was like, let's make a point, let's make a, a concerted effort to watch a movie so we can talk about something vaguely before we talk about today's movie that didn't get a chance to happen. Nope. I did start watching a couple things uh, randomly. I, on Netflix, I started watching the documentary High Score. I don't think, I think from when this is airing the episode of The Blank Slate, uh, so all you Blank Slate fans, the first Blank Slate we've had in many months, you're going to be hitting the, uh, the, blank the pod thing. waves. <laughs> we actually have had a good uptick in subscribers for no reason whatsoever because we haven't had an episode in like eight months. Um, yeah, so what, what, what percentage is that up to? I have no idea. Uh, Rich is at the numbers, and I read the numbers, and I, I don't remember the numbers. Mm. Anyway, we talked about the Emmys, and uh, we also did some TV talk there. And I started watching a documentary on Netflix called High Score. It is about the history of video games. I've almost gotten through the first episode. It, it's going to be a little difficult to get into because I don't really care about the early history. <laughs> I more so care about like the late 80s, Douchebag. early 90s, like... You know, it's just, it's not my thing, and the way it's presented isn't necessarily the best, but I'm still trying to get through it. Okay. Uh, I'm going to start rewatching Atlanta, because I noticed that all of Atlanta was on Hulu, and it ties into today's episode, oddly enough, because um, Atlanta would be in my top five favorite shows of all time, which... Along with... Along with Watchmen um, the, is in my top five. Also, I'm going to finish that five out with uh, Mad Men with Breaking Bad. And number five, I'm not positive on. I'm pretty sure it's mm-hmm. Batman the Animated Series, which would have been the other choice of movie to watch today. Um, Batman Mask of the Phantasm. But I'm pretty sure that's my top five. Mm-hmm. What is your top five favorite television shows? Oh, my. Put you on the spot real quick. So we have nothing else to talk about. Yeah, but that's that's hard because, I mean, like, I, watch, I like a lot of TV shows. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, like... Non-reality TV shows. I just, said, I just said TV. I mean, Survivor's my number one. Sure. I mean, I've watched just, every yeah, episode of Survivor ever. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Survivor's, Survivor's one of my favorites. Been on a big supermarket sweep kick. That's not in your top no, five No, it's not in my top five right? shows. I just like it. No, um, I, Survivor, um, it's hard. It's really difficult. Um, I watched a lot of, like, stuff that you don't like. You don't have to impress me now. That's true. We're married, and (laughs) we have a child. Like, you're, there's not a show you could say right now besides Stacked. Oh, (laughs) man, that's what I was going to say. No, um, Buffy's one of my all-time favorite shows. Yeah, I don't know why you were waiting for that. Um, Firefly, um, in its short Mm -hmm. span that it had, Mm -hmm. um... Really liked Sense Eight. It was on Netflix. Um, really liked that. Mm-hmm. And I think my fifth one. Um, I mean, I love The Hundred. I'm. But like, those are your favorite shows ever. Well, I it's hard for. I mean, I love Breaking Bad. I love Mad Men. It's mm-hmm. hard. I love all those things. I love. Stop looking up the stairs at our see, television I can't tower. Um. It's also hard for me because I have a terrible memory. I'm like, oh, I really love that show, too. Um, I really love... Sending it to my Netflix You're turning into Brick Tamblin. Uh, (laughs) Lamp? You really love Lamp? Lamp. Lamp. Um, I mean, you named five. You can stop, I guess. Oh, no. I I, I mean, it's it's okay. Stranger Things is one of my all-time favorite shows as well. I love The League. 
Um, so I, I like the league too, but it wouldn't be like my top. Yeah, ten but I mean, like it's hard for me to, to pick. If you give me some time and you let me make a list, next episode I'll have a solid. I already tasked you with list. reminding you to nominate a movie. Oh goddamn! At the end of this, so sorry for confusing your your brain. I was going to add an adjective in there, but I didn't. I, t- I took the high road. Uh, today's episode is Watchmen. And plus, uh, fuck you for saying that you weren't going to judge my damn to impress you, and then you're like, those are your top five well, favorite shows? You could go suck a dick. Because I... Yeah, shut the fuck up. I don't need you to talk What I meant anymore. by that is... Riverdale. See, I'm, I'm more happy with Riverdale than The 100 and Sense8, which like you never talk about or never have anything for. Well, I don't talk about Sense8 with you because you don't watch it. No, I don't, I don't. I'm not saying you talk about those shows with me. What I'm saying is like Riverdale is something like you'll be six or seven episodes behind and you'll fucking binge out on. You got like merchandise from like you like you yeah. you know you. It's well, a bigger I want, thing. I wanted the pops from the hundred, but you didn't buy them for me. Now they're worth too much money for you to get. I asked you specifically <laughs> in Think Geek at the Florida Mall when they were just on the shelves. Oh, they had the hundred Funkos. Do you want those? No, I'm okay. I say them about every Funko, though, and look at all the ones you bought me. I want to come right out and say it. What I was saying was, like, I was waiting for you to say, like, Mad Men, which is something we shared and something you were, like, religious about. Just like I was, but nothing's not important. Oh, the series of unfortunate events, the Netflix Mm -hmm. one. Also, there's a. Also, yours kind of ring. I I guess I shouldn't talk too much, but there's a recency bias to use, whereas Atlanta, Watchmen was literally just this past year, but that's how much it it impacted me. And Atlanta's still actively going on. Yeah. Breaking Bad and Man Men were, right? I mean, like, I could go back to, you know, shows when I was a kid. Like, I loved, like, Keenan and Kel and, like, Celebrity Deathmatch and stuff like that. I mean, I I never missed an episode of Dawson's Creek either, but that's not in my top five. Remember uh, when T-Mobile had like the the Fave Five, Dawson's Creek would be like your like in your Fave Five on T-Mobile <laughs> of television shows. So up until maybe maybe mm-hmm. five years ago, mm-hmm. my grandmother still had the Fave Five on her phone. Her and Dwayne Wade. <laughs> she still had those Fave Five on her phone, and she couldn't figure out how to work her phone to call somebody outside of her Fave Five. Incredible. Watchmen is today's episode. I wish I was lying. I know you were. I know you were lying. <laughs> uh, specifically, the director's cut. So uh, the Blu-ray that I purchased way back when uh, is the director's cut. It's not the actual. The- I don't think that the theatrical version of this movie exists anymore. It's twenty-four minutes long, which means that this movie is three hours and six minutes. And I want to give Samantha extreme kudos because we were planning. <sighs> On splitting this up. Anytime we gotta watch a movie that's like over two and a half hours now. Because Look, anytime we gotta watch a movie over an hour. <laughs> no, that's not true. We, uh, we normally, we normally have to split it up because realistically by the time we eat dinner, we play with our daughter, we put her to bed. We don't start a movie until nine o'clock. So it's hard on some nights, depending on what your work schedule looks like, to stay up till midnight. You've fallen asleep in plenty of movies. You've fallen what? asleep in plenty of podcasts. What? Uh, but this, I don't you, think that's true. You stuck through it. it I haven't fallen asleep in at least a hundred episodes of this show. At least a hundred episodes of this show. That's all you get. Uh, so at least I'm actively engaged. I like half of the other people you've done shows with. What does that mean? I don't want to talk about. It. <laughs> you know what you mean. Uh, so Watchmen, director's cut. Who will save us now? There is no copy on the back of the movie. It just talks about. It's 24 minutes longer, and it goes right into the Blu-ray exclusives in this immersive Warner Brothers Maximum movie mode. Uh, director Zack Snyder takes you on a unique personal exploration of Watchmen while you watch the movie. I'm not going to count that, so I pulled up the actual back of the DVD director box. Better have fucking done that, um, Which, again, me trying to 
rectify my transgressions from the first time we did this, from the second time we did this when I destroyed you, and now the third time when I'm currently also many, many, uh, many readings ahead of you already. So allow me to read the back of the DVD of Watchmen. Someone's killing our superheroes. The year is 1985, and superheroes have banded together to respond to the murder of one of their own. They soon uncover a sinister plot that puts all of humanity in grave danger. Get out of my face. It's hard to read because it's blurry. The superheroes fight to stop the impending doom, only to find themselves a target for annihilation. But if our superheroes are gone, who will save us? Fuck you. So. You're a douchebag. Oh, what's, I'm, I'm up three now, I believe. Yeah. Three? Very early on. We're about, uh, I think we're a, f- a fifth of the way there. This is episode 310, if I'm not mistaken. 309, 310. So we're a fifth of the way there already. So I like I liked that. We're all well on our way to watching the Marine film franchise. And not Underworld, you moron. <laughs> That makes sense with your favorite television This is 309, show, so. I think. 309 or 310, I can't remember. So, Watchmen. So, as I mentioned when we when I nominated this weeks ago, because that's how our crazy schedule is now, I nominated two things that I've been re-watching. Well, I've already re-watched Watchmen, the television series, a second time, and I wanted to do it again a third time, and I was going to bring you on that journey with me. So, so there, there's not going to be any really fall television to watch because of... Nothing filming at the moment. Amazing Race going to come out, though. Oh, that's also in my top. <clears throat> cool. Uh, and I know you watched some of it, because some of it I watched on my computer. Some of it you watched when actually... Did you watch the series finale with me? Yeah. Okay, so you already got most of it spoiled, so I don't have to do that. And then Batman Masks of the Phantasm, I started uh, watching some Batman animated series with Jillian, just, you know, wanted to throw it on. Uh, Watchmen has become really, really significant. Big. Well, it's always been big. It's really significant to me lately for whatever reason. I think because of how hmm. good the TV show was. Uh, yeah, and when, also I think this plot line and a lot of things that they cover, mm-hmm. I think, are are, are <clears throat> very relatable and, and transcend some... Yeah. Years or whatever, right? My my background on it is when I started reading comic books and stuff as a kid and then like not really throughout high school but like in the beginning yeah, of college. Yeah, you were a different kind of dork, right? In, yeah. In high school? Yes, thank you. Um, but like getting into college and meeting friends like Steve and other ones who were kind of into graphic novels, which is what Watchmen is known for, but it didn't start as that. It was converted into one. It wasn't a, a monthly 12-issue comic book, which mm-hmm. I now own all of because of... Which I want to read. I, I haven't... Well, you, you, I'll give you the graphic novel. You're not going to take each individual issue. Those are set, socked aside somewhere. Um, but you always would, like, if you knew about comic books, knew about graphic novels... Or even if you just knew about the literature, like this was listed, I think it was the only graphic novel listed in Times, 100 Greatest, like, books ever. I don't ever. know if that's true, because I had to read a graphic novel for one of my college courses. You read Mouse, courses. right? Yeah, Mouse. Yeah. Well, one and two. So it's, it's, but that was also in but 2000. But that's highly regarded. Right, but that also was probably a few years after that list had already come out. 
So I'm talking about when this list first came out. Well, this was outdated. The mid 2000s. Why are you referencing? God, are you gonna fucking needle me over everything here when I'm trying to make a goddamn fucking point? Shut up, RJ. Um, So I bought it at what was the name of the bookstore in front of Sweet Bay and Cash and Carry? The Gator one. Yeah, but it wasn't that like something. I know they sold smoking notes out of it. Was it just called like Gator was... Bookstore or something? I don't know. It was on Thirty Fourth and whatever that crossery was where Twentieth. Yeah, I used to live there. I bought it from there mm. with money that I didn't have. Uh, <laughs> it was all like loan money, and I read it and I was like, "This is awesome." And then I think about like a year later is when like the trailer for this came out. This movie has. Want two of the best trailers that have ever been made. If Zack Snyder was just a trailer director, he would be the Steven Spielberg of trailer directors. Uh-huh. Uh, the first one with Muse, it's just kind of like the teaser almost. And then the second one is uh, the Smashing Pumpkins. I believe it's actually a song from Batman and Robin, which is kind of funny and ironic that they use it that way, mm. um, which is a little bit more of the story and whatnot. Uh, they're great, and he got everyone so ga- geeked up for it. It had a great opening weekend, and it just kind of had this flat reaction because forever this movie has been dubbed like the unfilmable mm-hmm. book, the unfilmable comic book, whatever. It's it's structured so specifically, and it's got so much nuance, and it has so much meaning, and it has so much substance to it mm-hmm. that you can't leave anything out, which is the problem that this ran into is the theatrical version was still two hours and 30, 45 minutes and is one of its biggest detriments is one of its biggest positives in that it is very, um, very honorable to its source material. Yeah. Because when it sticks to it, cool, but then it sticks to it too much, and then when it veers to it, it's like, okay, well, you veered. Why didn't you veer on something else, and why are you veering on that? Yeah. It's, um, it's, and it's jarring. I mean, there's literally there's literally shots in this movie that you can go panel from panel yeah, in that. the comic book. And it's like, that's <laughs> awesome. But then, like, why? You know, it, it's, just, it's just odd. But anyway, um, so it is so unfilmable that they still condensed and omitted some things. The director's cut, really, I purposely looked up because I was watching, I was like, I have no idea what is the what this 24 minutes is. It's literally just like seconds here and there. There's add up to 24 minutes. There's like two scenes. The one specific scene is a scene where um, Night Owl 1 gets killed. That's not in the original movie. Oh, wow. Yeah, which, which as soon as it started, I was like, yeah, this got fucking cut and this is totally unnecessary. Um, Castle is just like the fucking top knot suck. But, uh, but then there's another, there's like an extreme ultimate edition. It's like a fucking, the X Games version <laughs> of the Watchmen yeah. where they splice in Tales of the Black Freighter, which is the pirate adventurer comic book that exists within the world of Watchmen that in this, in this version, you see somebody like reading and that is integral to the story because it is an allegory for what you're watching. Right, right. And it, and it puts you in the world, the same thing the television show put you in the world, and that TV show, there's no internet. 
there's no cell phones. I mean, it's 1985. No, no, the television show happens in current times. This is just how the world is different and oh, changed. Yeah, yeah. You didn't notice that about the TV show, I don't think. And I didn't I notice didn't. that. Yeah, like that's why, like. Well, also, I only watch bits and pieces of the TV show. Right, as well. so you might have missed it. So, like, so I didn't know so, exactly what time it was. So, taking as an place example, in, it's like but... episode three, I think it is, when you are introduced to Lori, um, who in the TV show is Lori Blake. She's taking the comedian's last name now, which is a whole another thing that you can analyze and deal with, which I love. She keeps visiting um, these phone booths. Who was she? Jean Smart. That was Lori. Uh-huh. She was Silk Spectre. No, I know, but yeah. I didn't know who she was in the show. Yeah, she yeah she's supposed to be yeah she's Lori. Oh, okay. Um, which is great. She fucking crushes it so much more than we'll, we'll get, get to it. it. We'll get to uh, it. But. Uh, she goes to these pay phones that I'm just gonna have talking about watching the television show this whole time. Um, that you like, you're supposed to be contacting Doctor Manhattan, or the thought is, True Industries has created these. Like you leave your messages and your prayers and the hopes, yeah. because Doctor Manhattan hasn't been seen for thirty years, that he'll reach you. So she, basically, she's talking to her ex lover and telling him these stories and these jokes and whatever. Um, but that puts you in like the world of. Like, how the technology is different. So in this world, because mm-hmm. superheroes are real, or, or, or vigilantes or mass characters are real, people don't get their enjoyment from movies and comic books off of that. They get them off of pirates and westerns right. and things like that. Um, but the story within it tells, you know, the story of Watchmen and, and leads you exactly where you're going to end up going, which is Ozymandias is behind the whole thing and the reasons why. Right. So, so there's a there's a longer version of this. It's like over three and a half hours, I believe. So, put all that together, and figure out. I wanted to rewatch this because I think I've only seen it twice. Now I've never seen this so version. I've before. never seen. I've only seen. You, what year did this come out? Two thousand and nine. I know we went I, midnight, or we went like the first. Night. I didn't go. You must have been working it then. Yeah, I was working. I didn't. It. I didn't remember until Rich brought it, brought it up when we were recording Blank Slate the other day. I was talking about because, um, of course, on the Emmy show, Watchmen is the most nominated show of the year. Um, not deservedly so. Not surprising from the parts that I've multi-time seen. in like some categories, and I, I referenced we were doing this, and he's like, "Yeah, Watchmen the movie is like has one of the greatest opening credits ever." That yeah, and that's the only thing people remember about it, and then the rest of it happens, and it's like just bored. How do you make Watchmen boring? Kind yeah. of, you know. Yeah, but I, I work. I worked it. I never saw yeah, you it. You must have. So, because like I seen parts of it, like yeah, and I'm familiar with it. Sure. From you, from yeah. the comics, which I haven't read yet either, but from doing theater walks and everything else. But this was my first time actually sitting through it and watching yeah. it. Um, I think I'd only seen it maybe one other time when mm-hmm. I first got the DVD or the mm-hmm. Blu-ray because, upon leaving the theater the first time, I was like, okay, that, you know, I I remember oh, what was her name? I'm not gonna remember her name. She worked with us. Um, what's her name? Christina? Christina Steinberg. Yeah. Um, she was a huge Watchmen fan. My so, BFF. Yeah. So she, we would talk about Watchmen and we kind of had similar thoughts on it. It was like, it was so true, but God damn it, that was part mm-hmm. of the problem, you know? So we would talk about that a lot. And I, so I, but I still liked it because I liked the idea and the thought behind it. So I bought it, yeah. watched it, and then totally forgot about it until... Everything. I remember specifically when they announced the TV show, I thought it was going to be another adaptation. And I was like, right. okay, cool, another crack at the nut. 
but not ultimately interested to me. And then when I found out it was like existing in the world, they were taking a new take. I was like, right, new perfect. new characters, quote unquote. Yes, but then bringing back, you know, some you still, of the stuff. Well, you still get Doctor Manhattan, you still get Ozymandias, you still get Silk Spectre, um, Night but Owls just in, in very jail, different ways. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, incredibly different ways. Yeah. So, so, uh, so your first time watching it, yeah, and not ever reading the novel and not mm-hmm. watching the full television show, no. What did you think? And then my follow-up question would be... Why? Are, well, not why, but would you be more... Inc- I know you want to read it, and I heavily encourage mm-hmm. you to read it, and I still encourage... I will rewatch the television show anytime, because yeah. I think the television show, to me, is going to wind up being my second favorite show ever when it's all said and done. It's going to pass Breaking Bad? I th- yeah, I think, it, I think it will. And I have Atlanta still kind of right above it. It's all going to depend on how Atlanta wraps up in the next couple years. Also, it's harder because it's just nine episodes. Right. Um... Well, that's, like, kind of how um, some of the best shows are. Like, some of those, like, mini-series Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a mini-series now. It's right, not right. a show. Right, so... But are you more inclined to want to dig deeper into this? Well, yes. And part of the reason why I, I wanted to do this, mm-hmm. aside from the, all the hype that it's been getting now, is is we watch The Boys, which also is probably one of my favorite shows, too. Um Recent we watched device. The Boys recently, and we've talked about that previously on, on the podcast, which is one of those, in the same vein as this, mm-hmm. um, like the anti-hero, yeah. heroes kind of thing. And like m- some of my first notes on this is, so this is kind of in that same vein of the good guys are still bad. Like mm-hmm. they're still murderers and rapists and bad people and psychopaths. Mm-hmm. And that duality that exists in all of them. Like, they're doing these, maybe the right things for the wrong reasons or the wrong things for the right reasons and their justifications and how they're these either beloved or mm-hmm. they're these... Uh, reviled. Right, reviled mm-hmm. um, characters and people. And I just love that idea and concept. And I think that's why I'm not into super gory stuff. I forgot how gory this was. This is really gory. The Boys is super gory, which yes. we talked about. But I really enjoyed it. I really want to read that too. But mm-hmm. um, I know you have you haven't had a chance to read them no, yet. No, it's upstairs. So, so, you, can grab one so um, you know, I, so I dig this kind of thing too. Mm-hmm. Like this is right up my alley. You know, if you've learned anything, if you've learned some things, concrete things that are not Mullet's opinions of me on this show, um, it's. Like, my love of, like, the sci-fi kind of, it's almost like a literary, excuse me, it's almost like a literary allegory, kind of like what you were saying and all of that. I love stuff like this because it is so relatable and um, it's just that different framing of, of history or what happened if... If this one event happened and how it changes, Alexa, all these realities. Remind me in an hour to send Samantha the video. Okay. Real <laughs> ominous. No, um, real ominous. Real. Before weird. I started rewatching Watchmen, I don't mm. remember how it came up on my recommendation on YouTube, but there's uh, like an explained channel. It's a guy that breaks down like mostly TV. I think he did like every episode of Game of Thrones, um, but he did the television show Watchmen. But he also broke down like scholarly Watchmen, the, mm-hmm. the, the book, uh, the, the novel. And I thought it was fascinating, and it really yeah. dives into, and also it impacted my watching of the movie because I'm noticing more things. Same thing why I brought the, the 
novel with us when we were in Miami a couple weeks ago, and I didn't get around to even opening it because I wanted to look at it because I never, like Rorschach is an example. Rorschach, the first time you read it and you don't really delve into it, you just think, okay, he's this anti-hero, rough childhood, wants to do the right thing, you know, etc. And then from watching that video and then re-watching the movie it's... and then specifically the television show where he's... people's... people's ideology ideology like, like, like they idolize him so much and they've idolized him for the wrong reasons but then when you actually go back and listen and watch and think well like would Did he they? not have been right the person that was doing those things he's an incredibly amazingly flawed character and person so great where you know his whole thing is no compromise no this but like he does a lot on a lot of on things. a lot of different things he has to have this tortured self to make himself be okay with who he is um it's incredibly fascinating i haven't said my thoughts on the movie yet the movie to me is just very very bland so i and, think after watching the mm-hmm. sh- i think if i had seen it's the show's it, fault <laughs> right if i had seen this maybe when it first came out yeah I would have been all over it. It would have been really great because I think up until that time I hadn't seen too much in the same vein. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I would have loved it. Um, I, there are some great character developments and some great character portrayals in this movie. But I think that they are not strong enough against the... Nope. That's mine. Mm-hmm. My soda. Against the ones with no chemistry... That fall flat performance wise, mm-hmm. that are not developed like like the only development of this character is that they're a whore, and that's not enough for me to be invested in yeah. the story and be invested in what goes on, and what that legacy ends up being. And in something like this, when you're building this world and you're building this reality that that you're living in, you have to have more than just as a characteristic of one of your main characters. You will be a very interesting case in that your first yes, full exposure will be... What? I'm very Will interested. be the movie. <laughs> Sorry, Why are you laughing at that? No, Why is that for, funny? No, the that way, funny it's the way you? you said it, and it's yes, a totally weird tangent. Uh, so today I was listening, shout out to Arcade Audio uh, Sister Podcast, uh, Shared History. Their season finale was just this past week. And it was a great deep dive. Uh, rip, DJ Rip, Podfather, was like their guest. And they were doing like a waterfall history of professional wrestling. And Rich is doing off the top of his head. And he randomly shits on Vince Russo, as he's prone to do, um, because he's had many interactions with him. Um, and he he got me in a podcast form by saying Hakuna Matata. And I started texting him. And I just started like going back and listening to Vince Russo clips of Rich. And one of my favorite underrated ones of all time is we're in the car. It's me and him and Jimmy or Jeff. I forget which one it is. It's like going from a wrestling show. And like we're doing the bit. And they like, hey, Vince, it's so nice to meet you. I've, I've heard about you. He goes, of course like you have. I'm a famous wrestling writer. And just the way he says it, it's one of the funniest things I've ever heard. And he just goes so that you were saying it very much like that. So that's why I was laughing at that. Because it made me think of that. Because I love being compared to Rich on a daily basis. <laughs> So, what I mean was, you're going to be a very interesting case because <laughs> you're the first, like, well, not you're the first person, but, like, you watched the movie full-blown first, caught glimpses of the television show, and have never read the comics. So, like, yours is going to be, like, 
like you're you're getting good service on a phone. <laughs> like you started down here, and eventually your appreciation is going to go up by what what yeah, you're yeah, yeah. experiencing. Whereas me, it's impossible to not be impacted. Well, by... you spent the first half hour of this podcast talking about the TV show right. rather than the movie. I think that goes to this show. Is all style. And no substance. There's some substance. I'm gonna argue with you on that. There's some substance I, here. There, me, yes, me it's it's really well done. I mean, for being ten years ago, eleven years ago. Oh, it looks fantastic. Looks great. I'm never gonna shit on Zack Snyder being looks able great. to put a, a an impressive looking movie on. Yeah, film. it looks. He's it looks one of the best good. at it. But that's not what this is about. Look, there's I, no need. For some of the stuff that he does in this. Sure. Sure. Um, I do like... <sighs> that just... I don't have yeah, to talk the rest it. of the podcast. No, that's it. Uh, that's it. You get ready to say something that you like, and you're so just like... There are some <sighs> lines in the movie that I really enjoyed. And there's... Sure. Two performances. Mm. There's two. Yeah, you're right. There's two performances. Two performances two that performances. I really enjoy. Can you say? Let's just make sure that we match up real quick. What are the two performances? Uh, well, it's my two candidates for MVP. Which I'm, I'm trying to see. Right to, I'm trying to see if they're it's, the same um, as mine. You it, say the characters' names. It's fine. It's the comedian. Interesting. And Rorschach. Interesting. Okay. Why? Uh, we're one of two. I don't have the comedian as one. Really, I think. I mean, but that's another that bias thing, though, because Jeffrey are you Neen seeing Negan or no, are you seeing the comedian? I'm not seeing Negan, because also remember, I only watch a few episodes of... So did I. Right, but I think Jeffrey Dean Morgan did an amazing job, because... very good. If you... When you break it down, because part of my notes on this was... Like, the very first thing is, like, so this is the reality where superheroes are real, like, right? Like, they're mm-hmm. real, like, they're ingrained in society, right? Because that's what we're believing. And they're murdered. And they're committed. And they're hunted down. They're made to be whores. And they're blue. And they're betrayers who kill JFK, right? Like, there's all these characteristics. They inspired all the major events. But they're also these charismatic psychopaths. Mm-hmm. And I think that Jeffrey D. Morgan did an outstanding job of being this crazy motherfucker, but I wanted to see the next thing he did. And both when he was like old comedian and young comedian. Mm-hmm. I, I I just, he showed so much emotion and I just think that when he and Night Owl are in like, that that protest, mm-hmm. that's another thing. It's another. It's too on the nose. It's very on the nose, and it made me really emotional. I've been really emotional this week mm-hmm. about everything, and I'm going to start crying again. So give me a second. Um, is I just thought that performance was so well done, and the points that he made are just, I just really enjoyed watching him, and I, it was one of the only ones that I enjoyed watching. And Rorschach was just... I just... 
I think it's going to end up being... Oh my God, he was so good. I think it's You don't even see his face for most of it. I think it's going to end up being Jackie Earl Haley because he crushes his... He crushes it. You don't even see his face for most of it. You rely on these voiceovers and the emotion in his voice, his body language. It's so difficult when you're doing... It's, for all intents and purposes, voice acting, right? For for the majority of it. Um, and when he, when he doesn't have his mask on, he's so stoic that, you mm-hmm. know, like he has like b- blank eyes and it's just so like movingly creepy. And like if I'm, when he's telling his stories, it's just, I think that those were the top two performances. If I'm this. not, I, I have a, so comedian would be my number three. I, I knew you probably weren't going to give me my who I really think the MVP of the movie is after rewatching it, but I, it, I think it is Jackie O'Haley. We'll c- cover that in a second. Um, what I was going to say, and I'm going to lose my point now. Um, Excuse me. Oh, I believe in this extended version, it's a little bit more surprising in the comic, but um, I, b- I believe in the extended, in this version, it's part of like the few seconds that are added is him being the end is nigh. Like that's how he gets all his information is being mm-hmm, this homeless guy. Mm-hmm. I believe that's not in the original version of the movie. <laughs> oh, so just those seconds of him being that, like when he was at the diner. Yeah. And when he was. Yeah, like all that stuff. Because it like the way the comic is done, like you see those things. So when like his mask comes off later, you're like, oh yeah, I think that's that guy. Like it's not a huge deal, but in this, it, it feels. It's a, a big reveal. Forced. Yeah, yeah. big it's reveal a, here. Or it's supposed to be, and it's not. Mm-hmm. Um. And I love we, how they, they played with Rorschach and Laurie being siblings and all that. What? Wasn't his mom Silk Spectre? No. Isn't that the no, same they, they, No, uh, unfortunately, uh, Rorschach's mom and Jenny and Carla Gugino, younger, they all, all look, look the, the same. same. Yeah, they all look the same. Oh, no. they weren't the no, same. No, no, they're not, they're not related at all. No, no, no. It looked the same, maybe because yeah. it was like the same, like, the hair, Like hairstyle. the hairstyle and the time frame. No, totally different people. Oh, my bad, my um, bad. So, let me just start running through my fucking notes, because I haven't even touched any of them yet. We're almost 40 minutes in. Uh, so, Zack Snyder's my... Is, if I could give a director an LVP, I would. Maybe not even, because I have four performances that are LVP-worthy to me in this movie. But, like, so the comedian, the first scene, the comedian's death scene, should be feel this big, iconic thing. It just rings hollow to me. I don't know why. Because I'm more focused on the slow-mo, and I'm more focused on, like, the action shots. This is, like, a almost traditional action movie in parts. Sure. And that shouldn't be what this is. Yeah. Um, and when you do get the, the calm down, it's, it's muddled with odd choices of performances. It's muddled with this hollow like direct adaptation like shot by shot shot from a uh, page to screen and that reminds me of two things to mention at the end of this as well um but then you also just get like the lack of the subtlety the lack of the wit some of the worst music choices in a film ever yeah I was like this soundtrack is killer if it wasn't for the Watchmen like <laughs> If, That's a it, great point. if it wasn't the soundtrack to The Watchmen, it'd be killer. They got some great songs up in there. Okay, I, I want to reiterate how I, I think this is going to be one of the... I don't think it's going to be poorly sc- scored. It's going to probably be better scored than I'm thinking it's going to be. But 
I think this has a, a chance to be like one of the lower rated movies that has a chance to have a best scene yes. nominated for the, the Muller Awards because that opening is all fabricated versus from what I'm remembering from the graphic novel. Like those pieces don't happen in the graphic novel. They don't. That doesn't play out. But it puts you into the world that we're going into effortlessly. It is so great with the the Times Are a Changing song, which is the only song that's appropriate that's in the movie. Great the song. whole opening, it's just it's awesome. It's so goddamn good. And then it just kind of tails off from there. Cause then you get fucking Simon and Garfunkel, you get 99 Luff Balloons, you get um I'm, there's another one that not the one that I'm gonna mention, of course. Uh Fucking hallelujah. Which look I, And not a great version. Well, that's that's Leonard Cohen. That is the most famous version of Hallelujah. <laughs> that is that is Leonard Cohen. If you don't know Leonard Cohen, that's just his yeah. thing is the song speaking. Like it's I prefer the one from what is it, Shrek? Two <laughs> <laughs> You just fucked up forty minutes of good points <laughs> by saying <laughs> oh yeah, I, I don't like the Leonard Cohen version of Hallelujah. I'll take the Shrek too. That is equal to Woody Allen, that guy from Ants, right? <laughs> uh, but that's also I, that's one of the rare ones where like I'm not gonna blame the TV show because the TV show had incredible music, whether it be the score from Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross or the actual soundtrack, which on a dime could switch from. Beastie Boys, the Dolly Parton and Kenny Rogers, but it all meant something. Mm-hmm. It all was themed like eggs are a very, very big, important part of Watchmen, the TV show. I know it sounds odd, but it is. Whereas this, and Watchmen has always been, from right the name and from the meaning of Dr. Manhattan's being a watchmaker's son, clocks are a big, important thing. The doomsday clock right. in the midst of this 80s. But they just don't stick it at any point. Like... Clock and times are the eggs of this. And Actually, it's highly... They're, they're the MacGuffins. <laughs> I'm going to punch you in the toe. Uh, no, please. The, I think... Like, the Dr. Manhattan sequence, I think, is really good. And it's, again, a, a true adaptation. Billy Crudup just fucks Look, it all up. <laughs> I thought been... for a second that you were going to say he was one of your favorite no, performances. No, 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 no. And I was going to just no, no, leave no. the house. No, he's not. I'll just tell you, my other one is Patrick Wilson. Because I think he does, like... That is the closest night. Night Owl is just a fucking schlub. That's well, He's that's what I was just saying. a guy. I didn't know. Yeah. what that was supposed to be because yeah. I was like, I don't want to watch like this, like slightly out of shape. He's he's slightly out of shape, impotent, nerdy. regular nerdy dude. Yeah. That the only feeling and emotion and like anything he ever had in his life was doing this job that got taken away. But he's not enough of a man to fight for it. And once he finally gets a crack at it and also, like, meets his love, then he can fuck her in the worst sex scene of all time in fucking Archie. You know what I mean? I hate that scene. I hate it so much. I Way too much Patrick Wilson button this. But he is great in this. I think he is really, really good as that character. I think you'll appreciate it more. I think so, because maybe I didn't like the character. If he was playing the character true to character... He's playing the character perfectly. That, then I think his yeah. performance is fine. But I, I, I'm going to go ahead and write Jackie Earl Haley it's down. Jackie Earl it's Hale. Jackie Earl Haley. I mean, I think J- Jeffrey D. Morgan, I think, did a great job. and He did. My problem uh, is the structure of the movie in that, again, that's, that's, a, that's how the book goes, where you get like these comedian pieces where you see everyone's connection to the funeral to him, whether it be 
by now not agreeing with him in, you know, more modern times, or that incredibly difficult to watch but totally necessary rape scene with the original right. Silk Spectre, to him in Vietnam with Dr. Manhattan and questioning his, his being and ideology and why he let things happen, which is another problem I have with the movie is because the TV show and the comics do such a better job of getting into the Dr. Manhattan being, whereas this, the sequence about him is great, but, like, if I didn't know Watchmen, I was watching it, I'd be totally fucking confused by, like, how Dr. Manhattan works and ticks or does whatever. Well, it, yeah, yes. Yes. My background that I have, like, from the few episodes and stuff, I, I got it. Mm-hmm. He's like, um, you know, all-knowing, all-being. Um, and there were a couple sentences that they threw in about, quote-unquote, how his powers work or whatever. But I think maybe this is the problem that I have with Dr. Manhattan, is I don't enjoy watching Dr. Manhattan. So that's... I think... I like... What was the guy's name? Yaya Abdul-Mateen. I like him. Yeah. I, I thought he did a great portrayal of he it. I uh, really do. Um, it is an incredibly difficult It's difficult because you have to, to be... You have to be detached in so many ways, and that's so difficult to pull off without being... Boring. Boring. Yeah. But Billy Crudup was boring. boring. He is. So I think that that's the problem. He I, I, was totally wrong. And they also, yeah. the movie does do it a service to the character. So, And I also didn't like the the love triangle and... Well, that's just... I, I mean, know, that's, that's that unfortunately be, one of the tragic things about Dr. Manhattan is for all everything he does, he's just bad at fucking love. Yeah, but I... Yeah, and I just... <laughs> I know it's weird. And I didn't think it was necessary to have the first love there. Oh, they all they have... All these people have cancer... Oh, I hate, I hate love. that. I've always hated that. And then that. he had the picture, and then he was confused and still wanted to go after her. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something right now. Yes. Any of these fucking bitches come in this house, one, I'm going to get this bat and hit them with it. <laughs> what bitches? Any of them. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Any of these bitches from your past. Oh, God. Any, any of them. Why? If, and, two, if, and if you start running after them, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be okay with that. Um. And I love how you're gonna just start talking about something completely. Yeah, because I have a lot of notes for 45 minutes in. Acknowledging. <laughs> I have a lot to get my to. My thoughts or feelings at all. Doctor Manhattan. Let's get in some changes, huh? So. There are. <laughs> A, so the You're whole such ending dick. of the movie. You're Doctor Manhattan. Honestly, I, I've the, if I identify with anybody the most in the movie, it is Doctor Manhattan. Because number one, I'm a god. Number two. <laughs> um, oh my god! I just threw up. But the end of the the end of Watchmen. In this is my biggest fucking problem, by far, with the movie because it loses the entire meaning behind. It all. Um, if you don't know, the original ending of Watchmen, this is going to sound weird to start, bear with me, the original ending of Watchmen is largely the same, in that Mandes has been, you know, the puppet master, mm-hmm. doing and building all this, mm-hmm. to end the Cold War and end nuclear, you know, damnation, right, bring, Armageddon, bring, bring people together. 
by killing millions of people. How does he kill three million people, as we find out from the TV show? He drops a giant. psychic giant squid on New York City and the world. Um, and it's just so fucking out there and crazy, and it's perfect. And from that, the superpowers of the world get together because it's this otherworldly thing. I get Dr. Manhattan, and the movie does Dr. Manhattan. He creates his technology to simulate Dr. Manhattan's impact on the world and make him think like this god has gone rogue and forces him out of the picture. Um, but they totally miss the debate and the ideology behind like How letting this happen or stop. Right. Like, like stopping it. I mean, they, Warshak still fights it. He gets blown to bits. You know, it's right. a big thing. But it, it also harkens back to, to when we were talking about in the Back to the Future movies, yes. right? Like, if you know what's going to happen, like, how do you decide what an impact you're going to make, right? And if he intervenes, what changes that will be? Yeah. And I think that they say maybe one sentence about something like that. Yeah, they, they don't get into it They don't it at get all. into it in it, this movie mm. at all, and the which most... is frustrating because... That's an important aspect. Like, I know it's going to happen, but if I I tell you or if I do something to intervene or change something, that changes that future. But he also sees all of them. So, like, if he does one thing... He's like thing, Doctor Strange. Which, yeah, like, which ten futures am I creating? Which, like, I know what's going to happen. Well, if I change what I know is going to happen, right. I still know that, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's something better. Avengers did it better <laughs> than the movie. You're right. Avengers did it better than the movie, but but they they took the same kind of concept and explained it yes. and explained it right, and so you knew why Doctor Strange let Thanos have that Infinity Stone, right? You knew the why behind it. He saw ten million futures, and this is the one. These things have to happen for this outcome. Mm -hmm. They didn't explain that. In this, right? No. And, and in this movie. And so I think that, that having that knowledge and having that background and knowing it can be done, yes. I think, did not do this justice. All Along the Watchtower, that was the other song that was horribly misplaced as they were going to Karnak. What about uh, the Limp Bizkit song in it? You missed it? I missed Devin Sawa driving in the middle of New York City with his kid. Uh, what I was building to is, this is after this has all happened, so in the graphic novel... Uh, Rorschach is, is disintegrated and uh, Lori and Dan are mating in Karnak because they can't do anything. And Dr. Manhattan goes back to Ozymandias and they have a conversation. And Ozymandias is like, not second guessing it, but he's debating like what is going to happen. Like I, I did it. Like there's this, this victorious moment where he sees the television screen and he's just like, I did it. Like, the this is this is his... Legacy. This, this is, is his, his ultimate. Yeah, he has done everything he's ever wanted to do. But he's like, you know, what, what does this mean? Like, it's ended, but like, what is this? And Dr. Manton drops the most famous fucking line. Is, Nothing ends. Nothing ever ends. I have a fucking tank top that says it. It's the most impactful fucking thing. Is after all this, Dr. Manton just is like, yeah, you did it, but you did nothing. Like, that's that that's what it is. Nothing ever ends. And this movie doesn't have that conversation. 
this movie because Dr. Manhattan has to skadoosh out of there and go hang out on Mars and make fucking Crookshanks and what's her name? I'm forgetting the other character. Mr. Phillips and Crookshanks. Not uh, not Ron Weasley's cat, but... It's Hermione Granger's <laughs> Hermione's cat. cat, whatever. I thought uh, you were going to say uh, Mungo Jerry Mumble. <laughs> Dr. Manhattan is the reason the cats is existing. Uh, but... Uh, he says goodbye Could to everybody. Could you imagine? Hey, it makes sense. Um, <laughs> ah, that's a great sketch idea. Is that Dr. Manhattan so leaves great. the planet and just makes cats? Can you please put that in uh, your I'll phone, add man? I'll add it. Um, I'll write it to the back of this card. It's got uh, multiple things on it. <laughs> but uh, you, you, they're too busy getting back for uh, a night out to like, punch the shit out of Ozymandias and just do whatever to get the importance of it. They still get the line in with fucking the worst actress and character in the goddamn movie kind of under her breath saying it as if Dr. Manhattan was there to fucking night out later. That drives me fucking crazy. I didn't put it in all caps like I did. Give me my fucking squid! Which the TV show would eventually do in in an amazing reveal and an amazing moment. Yeah. Uh, I saw that moment. It was great. But, uh, and you saw me watch that moment where I'm sitting there I'm like, fucking do it. I knew it was coming. I was like, just give me big squid! Squid! I was so happy. Uh, it just misses the fucking point. Like, if you don't nail the theme of what you're adapting, right? right. Don't adapt it. That's the message. And That's if the message. You miss nothing it? ever ends. And there's nothing that comes close. The one thing the TV show does a lot, the closest the TV show comes to having that message is near the end of the final episode. Um, Angela's grandfather, played by Louis Gossett Jr., who ends up being hooded justice in a brilliant stroke of of Cross. Of, of changing the the lineage of the show and making it make sense. Whereas hooded justice in this is just some big, tall, dumb Serbian guy who prevents a rape, which is still cool. Uh, you know, he they're talking about she's lost her husband. You know, and he's kind of apologetic, but. He knows that Dr. Manhattan knew that because that was their agreement on the whole thing. And he says, like, he, he was a good man. He could have done more. Yeah. Like, the thought that a god could have done more is just that's impactful you, as fuck. And that's something you should remember every fucking day. <laughs> Do more. Uh, Do the dishes. Take out the trash. I gotta make fucking eggs. You gotta make eggs after this, um, yeah. Um, okay. So, so distracting direction. Absolutely. Uh, we already talked about Rorschach being an amazingly flawed character. Jackie Earl Haley does it justice. But I, I still don't think Rorschach in parts translates well to film. That's more so like a plotting device because of the journal entries. There's a lot of voiceover. Yeah. It's... I get... Yes. It, it's, but... The, it's I long think that they, stretches where it's just it kind is, of weird. It is, but I think that, that, that I just... I think that character is so complex and I really love it. I love that duality yes. in all of the characters. I like, and I think learning that background, you know, you don't delve too deep into some of the backgrounds of some of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I liked Rorschach's delving into it, going back to the beginning, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I liked some of the quotes in this, like, um, some of the best quotes, the Pagliacci joke. Oh my God. Always... The Pagliacci joke. You know, I have a Pagliacci in the bedroom, right? I don't know why that sounds like a euphemism for something, but I'm not interested. Um, <laughs> uh, something that's always bothered me, because this is also true of the graphic novel, like the, the, the identities of everybody, like, everyone kind of knows who each other is. Right, and I thought that they didn't. I thought that they only all knew who the comedian was. No, so that's the thing, because Rorschach doesn't know who the comedian is. 
Like, when he comes, he goes... I thought that he, like... So everyone knows who Dr. Manhattan is. Well, and everyone, obviously. And everyone knows who the first Night Owl is because he wrote the book. Right. Everyone, for the most part, knows who the Silk Spectres are because they're not wearing masks or anything. Uh, Night Owl 2 is known to the public. But Canadian, he's known to Rorschach, and Rorschach calls him David. Correct. No, calls him Dan. It's basically just assumed... No, or Dan. Dan. Daniel, Daniel. It's basically yeah. just assumed that these people confided in one another, like where Rorschach and Night Owl were partners, that they knew who they were. But in the case of, like, Rorschach and the comedian, they didn't work directly with one another. They might have not have revealed who they are to themselves. It's always been a bugaboo of mine about it, is it's a little bit too kind of thrown away, and you have to kind of infer and imply a lot and trust it. Trust it? What? Chadwick Boseman died. What? Cancer. What? What? I don't know. You're kidding me. That's crazy. What? How? I, I, he had cancer. I'm sorry to interrupt the podcast. Are you sure? Jesus Christ. It's crazy. Sorry. No, my no, mom that's... texted me and he's like, oh my God, did you see the news? I was like, what happened? And he told no, me. I saw it in your face. Like I forget what we were talking about in the moment, but I thought it was like something... We were talking about something in the the movie or like the fucking like the movie. I thought it was something like you realized about yeah, no, Watchmen. No, no. I don't remember what it was because I deleted. Oh, the identities of people and stuff. Yes, I'm sorry. Right, so no, it's okay. No, that that's that's, that's the kind of thing that stops you. Um. So anyway, uh, so yeah, so like the, the identities of people has always been a thing like. It's kind of just Who like, knows who and what. Which and I almost kind of appreciate because it's such a big deal with comic books that right. for it to kind of just be like flippant, you know, I, I can appreciate to a certain extent. But it's it's jarring still because you're trying to catch up with like what's actually going on. Right, and who knows um, what. I'm trying to skip all the bad acting stuff because we still have to get there. Um, <laughs> my note, what a lovely montage of comedian just being a shitbird. Uh, but the Moloch scene almost makes it... Worth the time that it takes to get there? Because you spend a good half an hour just focusing on the comedian's past when he's already fucking dead. But that Moloch scene really, really works well yeah. because of it. Um, but then the whole section ends with the Pagliacci moment. And it just doesn't hit the right way because of how it's presented. Uh, talked about yeah. the cancer scare and the Jenny thing never being a fan of. That's maybe my biggest problem with the book as well is that... I get you have to go into the backstory of Dr. Manhattan, but I'd rather he kind of wax poetic instead of that stuff. Sure. But here they just don't get the tone and the message of it right at all. Yeah. Uh, it's just it's just a slog. Yeah. Like, it's just I a liked, fucking I liked, slog. Yeah. And then you get into... It picked up when it, it had the protest, like the, the police strike and people protesting the vigilantes. Um, it's funny how art imitates life or life imitates art or whatever it is. Um, it picked up a little bit in that. And then when that, those like cutbacks happen between the, mm -hmm. the past and the present, I also did not like the state, the, the, the makeup, the stage makeup that they did on making some of them old. Oh yeah. On, like silk specter and stuff. Yeah. I was like, that's obvious makeup. Carla Gugino is not on my LVP list because she's good when she's younger. She's yes. pretty bad when she's old. Bad when she's old, but she was fine when she was younger. Yeah. It was great. She's not bueno. No. Um 
the the Walter Kovacs highlights just show what a lack of understanding this movie has about the character because it thinks that by just highlighting, and I'm gonna apologize in advance for shit I'm about to say. Uh, it thinks that it can highlight how bad his background is by his mom just screaming she should have had an abortion in his face and bullies calling him a fucking retard and offering their dicks being sucked by him. It's like, if that's what you gotta do to get that point across... Right, because there's so many... Find something worse else. ...worse things that have happened to people or the same kinds of things have happened to people and they don't turn out to be psychopaths. Yeah, it's just highlighting... Psychopath vigilantes. It, it thinks that's how it can highlight it and it doesn't. Yeah. I like the scene where he's seeing that's that's a pretty good close cut of the graphic novel is him looking at the actual Rorschachs and lying and the doctor obviously oh, noticing Oh that was everything. really great. Yeah, it's really good. I like that that a lot. Um, the, I already wrote Jackie Earl Haley on. I do think he overplays his hand at times. As much as he does and just get iconic yeah, you're locked in here with me moments where That just, was Awesome. I mean, if I, I could, if I could throw a fucking prison scene, if I can throw some fucking hot fucking bacon grease at the face to somebody, <laughs> I don't want bacon grease on my face. I don't want frog grease on my face. Then I'll do it all day long. But um, that was kind of my. There's times where he kind of over, he kind of hams it up. I feel like a little bit. Yeah, but is is that because he's performing at this level and everyone else is? Not? Sure. Well, that's, that's why I was saying, right? Like, because he brings it. I, I put there that I, I thought Patrick Wilson was the best because I was playing uh, a night out, and then my next note is about the one of the worst sex scenes of all times, where they fuck up Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah, and it totally misses the point of that scene. They just make it this kind of awkward sexual release, and in right. the in the play, it's uh, the play for fuck's sake. It's not what it's about at all. It. Uh, it's too bloody, too actiony, too not ambiguous. It has to spell out a lot for you, and you get to infer nothing. Right. Um, the old Night Owl scene, as I m- mentioned, was definitely part of the extended cut and definitely unnecessary, definitely horrible. Um, I like that actor. He's a good character actor. I don't know his name, but he's been in a ton of stuff, and he's very, very good. Uh, they fucking telegraphed the, the comedian Lori reveal. So bad. Um, yeah. It's You can see it coming a mile away, and it then it just when it gets there... It's like, okay... Because also, it's, everything feels so artificial because right. you're with Dr. Manhattan and Mars. And you and have got... no connection to Lori. No. No connection to Lori. There's so, not a thing that she did that I was like, oh. Yeah. Uh, cool. And the final change is I don't know why the fuck they had to change Robert Redford to Ronald Reagan. I don't. Like, it, at the end, so the famous, an, another one of the famous parts of it is the kind of brief summation of, you know, it's all up to you. Like, what the interpretation of sure. it is. Because some viewers may think, oh, Rorschach left his journal behind, so the whole world's going to know. But as the TV show, I think in the correct way summed it up, that was just seen as a conspiracy theory. It was just, just seen as... Fake. Or, it, I think in the TV show, it doesn't even really get published. Like, it's up to that guy to read this and determine what he's going to do with it. This one schlubby, Jack Black, no, fucking Dan Fogler-looking motherfucker... <laughs> That's like, what is he going to do with this? Yeah. And in the TV show, nothing. Because Ozymandias, nobody knows. They're not in, the, in that, he made, he's, he's who he is. So he has to take credit. So he has to tell Robert Redford that he did it. So at least somebody knows. So that he can still control what's happening. And then he's left alone in Antarctica sad because it didn't work. Because nothing ends. 
Um, but I, I, why do you just make it the actual real fucking present? Robert Redford works so much fucking better. Um, we've skirted around. Bad yeah. acting. I uh, also like I like the plot point that humans are savage in nature. The the mm-hmm. quote the the plot point. I think it's really well done, mm-hmm. really well developed, and that might just be because that's in the source material. It is. You know what 100%. I mean? And, and instead of in, in the, the writing and direction of yeah. the movie. I'm so passionate about this source material and this subject that I, I want to just reiterate how much I don't like Zack Snyder. Uh, yeah. Look, <laughs> I've missed, I've I missed a lot of it. I'm going to go Fuck back your and Snyder re- cut, fuckers. I, Give me my sh- butthole cut. I'm sure that... I mean, I think a lot of the things that we talked about are directly from the source material or directly from the portrayal of somebody who was a fan of the source material, right? I think if I read that correctly, Jackie Earl Haley was a big fan of the graphic novel. He's such an interesting case because he was a child actor from, like, the Bad News Bears and then spent, like, 20 years really doing nothing um, or, like, not doing anything important or or special and then winds up getting nominated for... I know it's not not called, like, Little Children or something. It's a movie about... um, It's a movie about... Sexual Predators. It's got really? uh, it's got uh, Kate Winslet. I think Patrick Wilson is in it as well. He got an Academy Award nomination for it as a as a like a convicted pedophile or something like trying to like put his life back together when he's released from prison or something. Um, he got a Best Supporting Actor nomination for it out of nowhere. And like one of the first things he did was like, hey, "We're doing a watch movie. I need to be fucking Rorschach." And right. I'm glad that he did because this movie would be so much in so much more. Uh, pain without him. So I have four LVP nominees. One is not going to be the fucking worst Nixon of all time. Man. He looks and jowls. sounds so bad. I mean, the jowls uh. are on point. I mean, that's Richard Nixon. Uh, also, Pat Buchanan. Yuck. Uh, I mean, I thought the the Nixon in Days of Future Past was bad, but this Nixon oh, trumps that, it. That was bad. But he's number four on my list. So the three I have, we already talked about Billy Crudup. We've talked about Billy Crudup a lot. I feel like we've seen way too much Billy Crudup on this podcast. What else you see him in? Oh, and that, that fucking sucky-ass love week. movie. Uh, we did Big Fish way back when. I feel I like there's another one somewhere. I think I like Billy Crudup. Uh, no, much. we've been over how much we don't like Billy Crudup. I just don't like how he looks. I have him as number three on my list. I did like the performance, and I think it's because I saw... What's his name? Yaya Abdul-Mateen II. That's why I didn't like this guy. Yeah. Also... Had this, my, had this been my only exposure to Dr. Manhattan, I would have been like, it's fine. I get this detached godlike character and I think that was fi- portrayed fine but comparatively knowing how it can be done I it, it was a terrible performance also also and I did not like him when he was not Dr. Manhattan also I didn't like his penis <laughs> figure me Dr. Manhattan man you gotta have that big dick although like, I do appreciate yeah you have Bill Mateen II got big dick he ain't fucking around big swinging dick uh also but you know I kind of respect it like if you're Dr. Manhattan just kind of have a respectful penis. I don't know why that's one of my favorite things about Watchmen, but if I was a big blue god, yeah, fuck your clothes. <laughs> like, why am I going to wear clothes? Deal with it. But they didn't explain why in half of them he was wearing a... a well, because if you're going to end the Vietnam War and blow some Vietnamese people up, eh, you got to put on something. Why? Who cares? Eh, you know. Who cares? For the newsreels. Uh, uh, that's a great... Not It's one of the most blatant Easter eggs of all time, but in the finale... Uh, when uh, Senator Keene, played by Bob Benson himself, uh, James Wolk, is giving his big, odd, 
like James Bond villain speech as to what happened, and he's like undressing to try to become Doctor Manhattan. He's wearing the Doctor Manhattan underwear, and it's just great. Uh, my top two for LVP are we referred to her many times. Melina Ackerman is just one of the most stilted, wooden. She's beautiful. Awful, she's, yeah, she's a good looking woman, and that's woman. probably why they chose her for this role. But you need to have substance in this. She's role, got man. nothing. I thought she had no charisma, wit, and no chemistry with what's his name with Patrick Wilson. Patrick Wilson, yeah. And, and I think that ultimately it, is what hurt him as an MVP candidate in the movie as well. So he had yeah. to play off of her, right? And, and it, she's it, just got it, nothing. It's like wait, wet paint. Yeah. She had no chemistry with him. No one has chemistry with Billy Crudup, so I can't blame. I can't fault her for that part of it. But we haven't discussed Matthew Good as Ozzy Mandy is either. Who? I was gonna say. You're editing this show, right? I was only going to edit that one spot. Okay, that's fine. But no, I can edit. Go ahead. You mean Ooh! I Well, I think are maintaining one to two voices consistently. Because, like, he starts, and I know that dude's, like, British or Australian or fucking, that's all pasty white dudes from 2009 English. to today. English, sure. So, like, I'm like, okay, he's got his American accent, that's fine. But I'm like, but Jeremy Irons just flat out just plays him... British. It's British, you know, which is fine. I'm fine it with it. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And Jeremy Irons is a great actor. Well, that's the problem. Is like, that's why ultimately I think it's probably going to be Amelia Ackerman is because I think... I think he did a fine 20, job. No, he didn't. He didn't being, at all. No. Of being... No. Of being... <laughs> no. Okay. No. That is not Ozymandias. Ozymandias is not a pretty know. boy, pussy-ass bitch. It's he's not. He's not? No. That's what I thought. No. No, he's not. He's the smartest fucking but guy on the fucking planet. No. I didn't get that. They said it a couple times, but I didn't believe it because no. there was nothing to show it. That's the problem when you have a movie that's underdeveloped your main character. This is a guy who is characters. so smart, but so narcissistic and egotistical and, and psychotic that his biggest achievement in life is killing millions of people to save the world. Yeah. That is not that character at all in the way that Matthew Good portrays him. I think like 15 to 20% of it is, I just came off of one of the most batty and on-the-nose portrayals I've ever seen, which was Jeremy Irons as Adrian Veidt, Ozymandias. Um, I think that's part of the problem. But like his accent changes, like when he's giving his spiel at the end, he's just got his fucking regular accent and yeah, it was yeah, totally different on, from the beginning. When he, has that, when he has that crown. Like... They don't even go into fucking, uh, I'm going to forget the fucking thing's name. Ramses, the pharaohs. The, the tiger horn thing. I, I always forget it. That's that's on me. He really, I think one of my notes was, when he first gets introduced, was, uh, I see my Ozymandias hate and I raise Billy Crudup as Dr. Manhattan, but that's really before Malene Ackerman gets into it. She just kills every scene that she's in. And it, it hurts the movie. So fucking much. Especially when you got Jean Smart dropping a blue dick. And she's just chewing up scenery as this ornery... She basically becomes the female comedian in Watchmen, the TV show, for all intents and purposes. Mm -hmm. Like, it's incredible. Um, because in, in the TV show, she is part of the anti-vigilante task force now. She's fighting the way for her to avoid jail, because that's where Night Owl is in the TV show, and why you don't see him is he's been in jail this whole time for being, being a vigilante vi again. Vigilante. Yeah. Is she strikes a deal and becomes, she fights what she was. Um, which, which is its own complex 
it's what the comedian does. The comedian keeps his mask on to protect the world. She never wore a mask, but she's wearing a mask of who she truly is to fight it. She's so alone, and uh, oh, God, I can go on forever. Uh, so we're making a Melina Ackerman. Yeah, I just... That, I, was that who your number one was? Yeah, I did not like And that. look, in any other movie, it's Billy Crudup or Matthew Good in A Country Mile. Yes. Crudup, I think, is fine as John Osterman. No, man. It's, but it's so small. nerd-ass motherfucker. But that's, that's, that's John Osterman. Forgot my watch. That's not how he said He wasn't, he wasn't like a country bear rolling in to get his fucking watch. Jesus. Uh, yeah, it's Millie Ackerman. And she's she's never been good. Like, I think the best part I've ever seen her in is when she's like uh, Freak Show's girlfriend in Harold and Kumar. <laughs> I know, I think she was, I think she's found some success as a sitcom actress. I think she was in something on yeah, ABC. She's done some or... stuff in Sweden, I think. And... Oh, good for her. Yeah, keep her there. Um... But she's always been a big problem in this movie, and now she's the LVP of it. So There you go. Wow, we've gone a long time. Uh, we actually went longer, so you, we've gone longer. We had a break because while we were in the middle of recording this, uh, the news hit that Chadwick Boseman passed away um, of colon cancer. So it's crazy to be talking about this massive superhero movie, and we literally made references to Avengers earlier, and now we're finding out that he was making these fucking movies, battling fucking colon cancer and keeping it from the world and... It's it's crazy. It's it's this year has just fucking sucked, and I'm tired of it. Uh, so yeah. So condolences and thoughts. He's he was incredible. Uh, as everything that he did, he was. So um. So yeah. So if we sound a little different, but from like 20 minutes ago, that, that's why. Uh, but I think we did. We did fine. Have to get our bearings back for, uh, for a minute. There. The last couple things before we get to scores and wrap up here. Um, so I have four things written down. Two are sketch ideas, or yeah, which, which is Manhattan making cats. I also want to uh, find somebody that's good at video editing, so someone can make the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League, but it's just all them with buttholes in them, uh, and that's all his his cut is. Uh, I can't wait to watch that and somehow hate it more than the actual Justice League movie. Two things that we've not discussed that I. I'm interested to get your take on, or, like, I also want you to have, like, the full Watchmen experience. We also own, that came out around the time that this came out on DVD, the Watchmen motion comic. Basically, what they did was they had this very famous voice actor. I think he's been critically acclaimed. I think it might be also the guy that does the Harry Potter audiobooks, and he does, like, all the characters, I think, right? Maybe? I'm not positive. But it's somebody who literally just put on the TV screen the panels of the comic book. It takes like five hours, and he just reads all the parts. Even the women. <laughs> it's super jarring and weird. I think I've made it like two hours into it, and it's just what real. What is it again? Watchmen? Well, the Watchmen motion comic. I think it's what it's like officially called. Um, I got it for like super cheap. Uh, no, Tom Schulte is who it is. Never mind. Uh, I don't know why I thought that was that was him, but uh, I'd be very curious to to watch it. It would take forever, but uh, it's just interesting. And then also something that wrapped up earlier on this year or the end of last year, Doomsday Clock. For many years, 
in the DC universe, which DC was who made Watchmen, but it was never mixed in with what everyone knows DC Comics to be. Mm-hmm. Um, never had those crossovers. Timelines were being skewed. Stuff was getting reset. And I was never sure, like, who was behind it all. And they did a four-issue, like, Flash Batman crossover where um, at the end of one comic, uh, at the end of something that's, like, this big, like, confusing story about going back in time and something coming back horrified, uh, the comedian's button is found. And then you start to see that the last couple pages of the, the book is Dr. Manhattan observing everything and talking like he does. Wow. And he's the person that's been behind all this. So they did a big 12-issue, like, Watchmen arc where it's... And it's like any typical crossover, especially when you're using Dr. Manhattan. It's alternate realities and timelines and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've read most of it. I haven't finished it. I know how it ends. Um, it was pretty disappointing, to be perfectly honest, because also it took them two years to do it when it should have taken a year. But they felt such immense pressure to get it right that it took forever to finalize. I can appreciate that to an extent. I can, but I can appreciate but that. But still, what happened? The, the but biggest... did they do it? But did they achieve it? That's the thing. If you're gonna take that time to do it right, and you don't do it right, you fucked up. Spoiler alert on a couple of things. They did a couple interesting things. There was a a new. There was a Rorschach that took over the mantle, and it was um, an African American guy who had his own like tragic backstory. Uh, there's a lot of like alternate timelines where the comedian like comes back to life. The biggest takeaway was they created two new characters called I believe it's the Mime and the Marionette, which were very successful and very much like in the Watchmen mode. But it basically builds up eleven issues of this big Superman, Doctor Manhattan battle, uh-huh. and they fucking bait and switch it, <laughs> uh, which kind of sucks. Uh, and it has a good meaning behind it, but. Still doesn't hit the way that it was. So sure. Just wanted to tie a bow on everything. Watchmen as best I can. Uh, you wanted to wrap it up. From doing this, uh, we are watching the television. I'm gonna literally go get it off the. No, we're not gonna watch it right now, though. I gotta no, go to bed. Not right now, but oh. I mean, like, we're gonna start. Well, we have nothing else to watch. Whenever, so we're gonna rewatch Watchmen. We have stacked. We're gonna rewatch Watchmen. <laughs> uh, it's nine episodes. I got. I rewatched it in like three days. I watched like three episodes a day. When I was like, yeah, but we can't watch it with Jillian. That's the problem. Eh, she'll be fine. <laughs> she won't get it as long as she doesn't see Yaya Abdul Medina walk through the screen. I'm fine. Yeah, what's that? I feel bad. He's a former LVP on the show. For what role? Us, but she didn't do much. He was the dad. Yeah, in okay, us. yeah, but that was because that's a hard. That was a very hard limited, yeah. very limited people to pick from. I'm excited to see his Candyman. He's going to be Candyman. You're going to be doing that all by yourself, because i got to <laughs> sit through Leopardtober still, so we well, can't get there we get Well, before we get to Leopardtober, we have to get to your nomination, but yeah. let's give Watchmen a score. Oh, I nominated it, so you scored We didn't first. fucking do that yet. Look, man, it was fine. Some good parts, some bad parts. It was fine. I'd watch it again, I think. We should rewatch it get, after you've done yeah, everything. Yeah, after I've read the comics and after I've seen the show, I, I'd like to rewatch it just to see... But it was fine. I really dug some of the performances. I dig the background because I know a lot of it, and I wanted to get into it and read it mm-hmm. for a while. I'm going to give it a six and a half wow. is what I'm going to give it. I don't think there's any more appropriate score than a flat five yeah. for me. It's right in the middle of the road. I figured that's it is what you such, were going to give it. It is such a difficult watch because of its length, because yeah. of its of its errors and its issues, 
But in that, you still get bits and pieces of what, to me, is one of the greatest stories that's ever been told. Right, and I think that I did get a lot of that. The fact that I stayed awake for it in one sitting for I knew three you, hours. I knew you were going to like it more than I did because of that. My, it got me. It, it got me. There yes. commanded my attention. It, like you said, a lot of the scenes were hard to watch, but they were well done. Like you know the sexual assault of, of Silk Spectre. Like some of these sex scenes, whatever. There was there was um, a. Lo- I was curious. There's a lot because, of butts. A lot of butts. That's that's the comic as well. Uh, I was thinking, like, man, this movie gets such a bad negative rap, and I was just, like, afterwards, like, looking on Reddit, you know, like, thoughts about it. And it really doesn't get as bad of rap as possible. It's just, it it just, it's hard to compare. Like, right. you, you can't compare this arguably perfect piece of literature to this big-budget blockbuster movie. Like, right. okay. they have totally different, uh, they have totally different purposes. They have totally different... Well, uh, MOs. Well, they also have totally different m- modes of getting the information to you. You can do so much more in print than you can sure. in a movie. And that's a lot of people who are really bit, and we'll get there when we go, go into the Harry Potter movies. Mm-hmm. Harry Potter, Hunger Games, uh, Divergent, any of these adaptations, it's really difficult to take all of the moving pieces and put them into work on screen. I think that this may have suffered from leaving out some of the more integral parts from what you're saying, but I don't know that. What I was getting into... Being not exposed... Sure. It was was fine. What I was meaning was, this was a studio saying, there's this untapped potential, this property that's very famous and very popular. We can make some money off of it, and we'll get the hot director from 300 that thinks he can do this, and we'll, we'll make $120 million, which is what it did at the box office. That one of the biggest week one, week two drops ever, if I'm not mistaken. But it still made, I think it still made money. Whereas the graphic novel was Alan Moore, one of the most prolific comic book writers. He wrote The Killing Joke, which is my favorite Batman story ever. Um, and he wrote this piece Mm -hmm. that had this deep meaning and he wanted to make statements and he has refused any of his stuff to Mm -hmm. attach his name to it for adaptations because number one until the Watchmen television show all of his adaptations have stunk right because because there's no meaning behind it and he doesn't believe in that sort of thing so of course this is gonna this is not gonna live up to that because when the person that's making this doesn't believe in adapting his work for those purposes, then you're already going to have a problem. Right. Like, it's, it's just not going to work. Be... You're not understanding it. I would love, I, I would kill, and I know Damon Lindelof, the creative mind behind Watchmen, has wanted to. He reached out for the blessing, didn't receive it. But I, I, I have this like daydream that after Watchmen sweeps the Emmys and wins all the awards that it should, that Alan Moore will be like, okay, let me watch this because I, I I really do think he'd get a really good deep understanding of mm-hmm. of the TV show. Nomination time. You've been given an hour and a half. Uh, so next week we're going to go back to our wrap it up series. We got two rough weeks also to keep in mind. Turbo, a Power Rangers movie, that is next be week. Easy to, to knock out though. It's going to be easy to knock out. Might not be easy to get through. 
And a simple wish, which was drawn uh, last week. The fuck is a simple wish? It was that uh, Mara Wilson, uh, Martin oh, yeah, Short. Yeah, yeah, which yeah, when oh, I was yeah, uh, yeah, I'm excited about that. At the end, uh, I listened to the end of that podcast when I was uh, tapping the uh, the stinger and the music to it. Uh, you called her uh, Mara Rooney because I thought you you thought she was Rooney Mara. <laughs> I thought that was very funny. What a weird world that Mara Wilson grows up to be Rooney Mara, but that's she's older than her, so that can't work. So it's on you to nominate two movies. Fuck you, one. Okay. My two movies. Um, I do actually have a list. Okay. Uh, it's got quite quite a few movies on it. Okay. It's just a matter of picking them. Um, I think the two I'm gonna pick. Uh, the two the two that I've been roommating on all day. Uh. Ruminating? Ruminating. I was going to correct you. But. Ruminating on mm-hmm. all day. I knew you were because it, you don't get, get to more it. excited than when you're going to correct me. Um, the two I was going to nominate are, are a little bit heavier, I think, to watch. And I don't know if I want to do After those. Turbo, a Power Rangers movie and A Simple Wish, yeah, we might need it. Yeah, we might need it. So I'm going to nominate uh, one of my favorite movies I've ever seen, which I don't know if you've ever seen this movie, um, In America. Okay. And... A movie that I think we both have enjoyed, In Bruges. Ooh, which is me, me one of my favorite this. movies um, ever. My my mother, my, my parents went to Bruges recently, and uh, I was so jealous. But I, I just double checking to make sure that these weren't nominated. They're not because I already. I looked. love. Uh, two movies with in in the title. Let's go for it. Uh, in Bruges is my pick. Yeah, because they were right next to each other. Yeah, In Bruges is my pick. Oh man. I've been dying to rewatch In Bruges, so that's... Yeah, so you could have fucking nominated it so I could watch it in America. Well, it's... Bro? It might get saved at it's some point. It's not gonna get saved at some point. Nobody knows who the what the fuck In America is. Like how you thought we were gonna be done recording <laughs> in an hour. Alexa, stop. No one knows the movie In America. No one's gonna fucking pick it. It got nominated, I think, for some awards and stuff. Cool, tell me what it's about. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Married with Movies. We encourage you, as always, to go to arcadeaudio.net for this podcast and the others in our network of shows. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Patreon.com slash arcadeaudio for bonus content. Um, the Stack Series is going to be coming back soon. We also Sometime, some point. still got all the Battle of the Networks on there for your, uh, for your enjoyment. Facebook.com slash Married with Movies, at Married w Movies on Twitter. Movies at gmail.com. Let us know what you think of the show. And video has been messaged to you. Any final thoughts, Samantha? You're a douchebag. Which means I'd make a great Ozymandias in uh, the 2009 version of Watchmen. Mm-hmm. For Mullet. This is Mullet. Signing out for this week's episode of Married with Movies. I'll catch you next time on our couch. Slash the movies. This episode may be over, but nothing ever ends. Nothing ever ends. If you, so, so you would be Doctor Manhattan if you if you if you could be any of the the Watchmen. I mean, yeah, I don't want to be. I feel a like psychopathic. Oh. Oh. I don't want to be Rorschach. I don't want to oh. be. I look horrible in the Silk Spectre outfit. Um, I could I, I could see myself being Ozymandias. Yeah, douchebag thinks you're the smartest person in the world. No, I'd rather point my finger at somebody and watch them just turn into goo. <laughs> that sounds fun. Point of my penis and it turns into goo. Am I right? Hey! I just beat Dr. Manhattan making dick puns. <laughs> That'd be fun. It goes like this the fourth, the fifth, the minor fall, the major lift, the baffled king comes.
Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at ArcadeAudio.net.